Welcome to Rhonda NP's Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda Jollip, nurse practitioner, hormone expert, and menopause mentor. Balance your menopause experience with natural solutions and regain control to live the life you love. Let's get started. Well, hi there. This is Chris Doctor, and I'm your co-host for the Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda NP. I'll be joined in just a minute by Rhonda Jolliffe. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. We're so glad you're here with us today. And if you've listened to multiple podcasts, we hope you're finding real value in our topics. We want you to feel empowered since these perimenopause and menopause nuances are greeting you each new day. If you have understanding and accurate information, you will feel empowered. And that's our goal. We produce this podcast weekly and any of the resources we mentioned today, I'll put the links in the show notes and you can find that at our website, rondanp.com. Today's episode is number 011 and we're calling it Brain Fog and Menopause. So if you're anything like me, you may be noticing lately, you're just not yourself when it comes to remembering things, being as sharp as you used to be, or maybe things are really coming unglued as it relates to your mental quickness. So what's up with this new thing? Is this another menopause symptom? Well, unfortunately it is, and we're going to talk all about it in our episode today. As a quick peek, we will discuss the role of estrogen and brain function. It's all about estrogen and our changing hormones, but don't worry, Rhonda has really great advice. Since stress is the number one thing that triggers brain fog, we will look at some great ideas for organization, calming and quieting your mind, as well as many topics inside of the biggest natural remedy of them all, which is your lifestyle choices. Lifestyle makes up many areas like diet, sleep, your perspective, and exercise, just to name a few. In addition, we talk frankly about Alzheimer's, which brain fog is not, but some things you need to be aware of. There's a lot of great stuff to share in this episode, so let's dive right in. One of the most alarming symptoms of menopause is brain fog. Can we talk a little bit about brain fog? It's scary. It's very scary. And actually, when I look at my menopausal experience, this was my worst symptom. I work in a job that my brain needs to be working really well. And so this was the part that I struggled with so bad because I used to have this really good memory. Mm -hmm. And my darling nurse, who's 30, early 30s, she says, to me one day because I was frustrated and yeah, I'm just sorry I don't remember like I used to. She goes, well, Rhonda, now you remember like the rest of the world because evidently I remembered a lot more than she thought I needed, even needed to remember. But so now it's like, okay, so the brain just isn't as clear. And so you really have to step back and and do something about it. You really do, especially in, if you're in a high-profile job that your your brain is really demanding on you, which many people's are. Yeah, many I, people's are. you know, when I first started to do this, it really scared me because I, like you, had been high-functioning, but also a lot of high-stress, and I was having challenges where I could not string thoughts together I would be in front of my computer going, what was I just doing? But it was a little bit more, and it was such to the point where I was having to second guess um, everything. Like, what am I, am I ill? Do I have Alzheimer's? I mean, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it's, it's a really interesting concept. 
And that is a question that many of my patients ask me, is this the start of Alzheimer's? And they really believe that. And it is, it is a scary thing. When you lose estrogen, estrogen is very important in brain function. Okay. And so that's what's going on. You're losing your hormones, which are really important in brain function. So you have to do things to support now that you don't have estrogen. And one of them, I guess, probably at the top of the list is managing your stress. Because if you have too many things going on, too many projects going on, too much stress in your home life, at your work life, this really creates so much stuff in your brain that it's hard to file through that. So you have to slow that down, slow your life down, so your files from your brain can can be more organized. Yeah. Well, and it's almost like the many people suffer from ADD or undiagnosed. I mean, I think I have it, an undiagnosed, <laughs> but it almost makes it worse. It makes it worse. Yeah. 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 The organizational skills just, you just aren't as, you know, on your game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at being organized, uh, one of the things that I did is I looked at this. I have this great article for you, and I'll put it in the show notes. It was the top apps for 2017. And, and you know, a lot of us still, well, let's, let's back up a little bit. Many women still love the pen and paper and the um, the Franklin planners and the the beautiful planners where you write down and and in or you multitask and you write down and you have an app you know that's a lot of maybe that's a symptom of my ADHD <laughs> or whatever but but um, there's just a ton of really cool apps out there that really help get you organized and I think that's where you can like you said clear the clutter a little bit if you can if you can have an app to help you so I'll put that in the show notes, but one of the there's a couple on that list that Rhonda and I actually use um, for Rhonda NP, and I was so happy they made the list. You know, Trello is something we use. It's a really cool free tool that organizes things. If you look, think about it, it's almost like a visual post-it note where you can put cards, slide them in and out, and there's a calendar, and it's all free, and it's really helped us stay yeah. organized. Yeah, and, and you so, don't have all those sticky notes on your no. computer all, all over. <laughs> no, I still have those. <laughs> I have a few of those, too. <laughs> but the other big thing for organization, and one that I struggle with, and I really saw this on the list, I'm like, I got to get this, is passwords. How many freaking passwords do I need and I can't remember and I've got paperless and but now there's a couple of really cool apps one's called LastPass and there's another one called FirstPass and they're very sophisticated very encrypted so that you know you're worried well I'm not going to put all my passwords in here if everybody's going to steal them but but no it's that's one of the other things too about being organized because you want to be safe from cyber attackers but you also have to remember what you put everything where what 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 password you used so that's another really important thing I think the passwords drive people absolutely insane (laughs) it's like one of my worst things and and you have to change them so often too because Mm -hmm. to keep it safe so you're changing your passwords and you know, it just, that is one thing that just kind of puts me over the edge some days. Well, and you think about it, like, I used to know, I used to be able to pull this out and know this. And again, with brain fog, right. you, you can't, you right. can't just pull that out as easily as you used to. So another strategy to lessen stress, obviously, is meditation, right? It is. I love that strategy. It's great. And I will put, I found a really great resource. It's a beginner's guide to mindfulness meditation. And the best apps uh, for 2017. I'll put that in the show notes. And you know, 
there is so many resources. There are so many resources for meditation. Uh, it doesn't always have to be from an app, obviously, but there's really some great, the mindfulness, there's mm-hmm. a meditation site yep. that has a, a bunch of recordings and things of that nature. But really, some people are afraid of meditation. Like yeah. they don't even want to try it. Sometimes even the word bothers people, you know, but it really is just quieting the mind. That's really the definition uh, to me. Meditation is just quiet that mind. Whenever you can quiet your mind for 15 to 30 minutes every single day, you will heal. You will heal your brain chemistry and it will function better. So meditation, and I'll be the first to admit, I don't do it. I, I think I need to start in 2017. <laughs> it's a good sort of goal. my goals. But it's like, I don't know how to do it. Yeah, I mean, you can, like you said, get the apps, get some programs that can really help you. Uh, it's really hard for people to quiet their mind. We're, we're not in tune to that. That is not how our days are functioning. Uh, so it's really hard. And, and one thing, mindful, um, being mindful meditation is just to really sit quietly and let whatever comes in, come in and let it go out and not really think about anything and not not actively think about what's going on out there. Just quiet your mind, sit quietly. Now, some people have a really hard time doing that. And so the programs help that. They talk you through it. You Mm -hmm. know, you put them in your earphones, you get in a quiet place, and it actually talks you through that. So if you're unable to do it on your own, I do suggest getting an app or a program of some sort to kind of help you. And then once you get there, it's it it's you can get there you can get there and then there are some you know classes you can take you know they have those around where you sign up for just like a yoga class where you can sign up for a meditation class and do that with in groups and some people find meditation in groups is very powerful because it's just that whole energy in the room can be even more powerful when you're in group setting that makes sense and then other people just really like to do it on their own yeah I'd be the one to do it on my own. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So that all helps with brain fog. But let's talk about some other things. What are some other things that can help with brain fog? Well, you know, the whole lifestyle issue really plays a role in the brain fog. And what I teach more than anything, as you'll realize, hanging around with me is that at menopause lifestyle, the whole picture of lifestyle is really the biggest thing. It's the really the biggest healer of menopause. And so it, it helps the brain as well. So regular exercise, and that really is bringing blood flow to the brain um, and actually lowering cortisol levels, which cortisol is our stress hormone. That helps brain function. So exercise is really important. Sleep is huge. Um, our body's chemistry repairs at night when you get into your REM sleep. Mm -hmm. So that's getting into that deeper sleep. And so getting a good night's sleep will help your brain fog immensely. And I think a lot of people can just really connect with that when they don't sleep. The next day they're foggy, and that's even before menopause. You know, you just don't feel on your game if you didn't sleep the night before. So sleep is a really big deal. So we have a podcast on sleep. So I'll put that in the show notes because we talk in depth about a lot of strategies around getting a good night's sleep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sleep sleep is a really big deal. Diet is... A big deal. Um, getting the right nutrients for your brain is extremely important. And just brain food 
in general, I often think of protein as brain food. So a lot of times what, you know, I, I learned this way back in college that if I ate a good breakfast, I was could think clearer and my brain was clearer to take a test. So I'd always have two eggs before every test. And that really, I figured that out that that helped a lot. So protein is a brain food. Fat is a really big brain food. And so eating a couple nuts or seeds or um, taking those fish oil and getting some fat in is a really big deal for brain. Our brain chemistry, the neurotransmitters actually need fat at the synapses to work. So you really need to have fat in your diet. And so low fat diets, I'm not never been a fan of low fat diets and low fat diets at menopause really are not the ticket at all. You need that good fat to get into your into your functioning of your brain. And you will figure that out when you start eating that way by eating some protein and fat in the morning, your brain will work a lot better. And then I'm really love supplements Mm -hmm. and they've been kind of my lifesaver because you can kind of do all the lifestyle things and there's just still still this missing link and there's a lot of good nutrients and adaptogen herbs in particular are really good for brain because what they do is they decrease the stress response and so whenever you can lower your stress response your brain functions better so let's talk a little bit about adaptogen herbs because someone might be listening to this for the first time and go what is that because we've talked about it before, but can you touch a little bit more on what an ad- how is an adaptogen herb different than oregano <laughs> or something like that? Yes, good one. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, there's certain number of adaptogen herbs in our world, and th- what they do is they in- adapt to the environment that they're faced with. So when you take an adaptogen herb, if your issue is not being able to sleep it should help you adapt to that and help you sleep. If your issue is brain fog, it will help brain fog. If your issues are energy, it will help, or fatigue, it will help give you energy. So really what it does is it lowers your response to stress, and stress really is our number one ticket for all those things I listed. Sleep, stress, you know, that's all related to stress. And so whenever you can lower your stress response, which is what adaptogen herbs do, um, they will help in so many ways. And so there's a ways. lot of research on adaptogen herbs. I mean, clinical research and in, in, that I've, oh, yeah. you, I mean, you've obviously look, looked at it. But when I first learned about it, I'm like, what? But it, it's, yeah, <laughs> yes, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the real deal. Yeah, it is a real deal. And it's really hard for medical people to jump from that medication therapy type um, practice to really looking at some of the other things that are out there that really are old school herbs, oils. These are things that, you know, have been around far before we ever had medicine. (laughs) I mean, 1940s, we started, you know, with medicine. That wasn't that long ago. So some of these other things have been around forever. Mm -hmm. And they actually digging them out of that that and using it into your toolbox can make a big difference. Another nutrients I like for brain function are some amino acids that we know are that really help the brain function. So L-theanine for one, it's it, what that really does. I like to describe it when I say this to women. They they look at me like I know what you're talking about. I'll say, do you know what mind chatter is? Okay, yeah. and women, yep, 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 yep. I know what mind chatter is. Is that is that forever thoughts? Whether it's something that happened. 
two years ago and you're thinking, 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 whether it's something that you're thinking of that might not even happen, but it keeps rolling and rolling in your brain. L-theanine is amino acid that actually calms that down. And so your brain is more at rest and you're mm-hmm. not thinking about those things. Phosphocetylserine is another amino acid that I absolutely love. And that really helps with that brain clarity, kind of a little more clear thinking. Okay. Is there a, a product or a supplement that has these inside of it? Well, there's a lot of supplements on the market uh-huh. that have, you know, a combination of things. And one of my favorites is the cortisol manager that I use, and that has ashwanga. And it's got the phosphocetylserine. It's got the L-theanine. Ashwanga is one of the adaptogen herbs. And magnolia. And those are, it's just a really nice combination. And I find that that actually helps women sleep. And then when they get good sleep and utilization of those amino acids, their brain fog is much clearer. Yeah. We'll make sure on the show notes, we'll put a link to our uh, our store where you can get uh, that supplement, Cortisol Manager. So um, you, you, can, you can check that out if you'd like to. What about detox? Yeah, detoxification is kind of this term that some people, you know, think it's just foo-foo and other people it's like, no. So most most people can relate to detox in an alcoholic detoxing, okay? Well, alcohol is just one form of toxin that gets in our body that you need to detox. There's many other forms, the foods that we eat, the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, mm-hmm. all contain toxins. And they get into our system and they really can cause some havoc in how our brain clarity is. And so detoxing, getting rid of some of that stuff can really make a huge difference. And sometimes the detox is just as simple as cutting out sugar, cutting out white flour, sugar, and alcohol, caffeine. And you can really just naturally detox just by cutting things out. And then some things, there's some really sophisticated detoxes that you follow a program and you take some nutritional supplements to help the detoxification process. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. Well, earlier we talked about, we kind of joked, but it's not a joke uh, in terms of some of the signs that women experience at this point, they may be like, oh my God, I have Alzheimer's or I have early onset Alzheimer's. And it it is frightening. So um, I pulled up and I'll put in the show notes, you know, I went to the Alzheimer's Association. You've probably seen the advertising, the media campaigns they have about know the 10 signs uh, of Alzheimer's. And when you look at some of these, they are some of the things that we experience. I mean, uh, challenges in planning or solving problems, uh, uh, Let's see what some of the other ones are. Confusion with time or place, uh, uh, changes in mood and personality. I mean, you could say that about menopause. So how do you put our listeners' minds at ease um, that no, they don't have Alzheimer's? Or if they really think, what, what should they be looking for? Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, some of the things that I just talked about, you know, doing all of those lifestyle things and some adaptogen herbs and doing all that. But if if none of that is working and it's changing your life in ways that it's affecting how you work, how your family, everything, then really you probably are an excellent candidate to consider hormone replacement therapy. And obviously I get into that in detail on my hormone replacement talks, but Uh, If you're at a great risk 
for Alzheimer's saying your grandfather, grandmother, your mom, your dad at a younger age got Alzheimer's, really, I would have the conversation with you about maybe supplementing with estrogen because it could prevent, and there's many studies going on about this, you know, estrogen in relation to Alzheimer's. Um, certainly mm. we certainly we see it, and, and um, I don't know that anything's 100% proven yet, but there certainly is some correlation with women that are not on hormone replacement therapy uh, at a greater risk for Alzheimer's disease. But again, you know, you look at your risk factors for things and when you're determining whether you want to be on hormone replacement therapy. That's a really good point. That because and, and we have, like you said, we'll have other information on hormone replacement therapy. But, you know, it is, it's that thing you joke about, but in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, crap. And especially if you have family history and, um, you know, early onset Alzheimer's, it, it, it can be really frightening. Yeah, it's one of the things. If you don't have any cancer in your whole family line, so your risk for breast cancer is very, very low, which is the biggest concern with hormone replacement, but you have a high risk for Alzheimer's, you might want to consider that hormone replacement therapy, and it can really make a difference in how your brain functions. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Well, as we wrap up here um, today, can we? Can you give any last thoughts about brain fog and and just that symptom? Because you you do have a lot of experience um, helping women in in with that topic. You know, it's it's really that lifestyle thing is a really big deal. You, it's a time in your life when you really need to decrease the stress. And if brain fog is your biggest issue, you have to do those steps for it. And and that really starts with lifestyle and then some adaptogen herbs and that kind of thing. So it's really about having conversation. Is this really a big deal in my life? And if you're in a job that it is a really big deal, you really t- need to take some steps to improve that. And you can. There's some really good resources. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. And we hope you enjoyed today's episode and you you got some actionable things that you can really consider if it's an app to um, get organized or to meditate or really to look more into this adaptogen herbs. We will put all the information in our show notes and um, thanks for listening and we will uh, talk to you later. Yes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda N.P., You'll find the show notes and other valuable information at our website, rondanp.com. Don't worry about this menopause thing. You've got this.